Um, so we've got Henrik Soderstrom and uh, Emily Franks that are going to be preaching tonight. Uh, I don't know if you guys already have an order set up between yourselves, so whoever gets up here first, we'll let you go first. <laughs> um, but basically, so we're talking on uh, being friends with God in this series, and so we thought, oh, what better way to do that than to have people that are friends with God talk about their relationship with Him, what that looks like. Um, so these are two people that, that we know are, are great, dear friends with God that have, have been intimate with Him and have shown that in our community, and, and we really trust them and, and really love to hear what they have to say about being friends with God and being intimate with God uh, because of the fruit of their lives and, um, and the, the measure of His presence that we've seen flowing through them. Um, so I'm excited, and um, I think we all are too. So are you first? All right, have at it. So I think if I set a timer, so it dings at me. Yeah, it'll like go off when it's happening. Stop talking. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, everybody. Somebody once told me to hold it on my chin, and I think that was a really good idea. So if I look weird, it's okay. Um, I haven't spoken in front of this many people ever in my life, so this is a first. I did take a speech class in college, so hopefully that prepped me somewhat. <laughs> uh, so a little bit about myself before I get into it. My name's Emily. My last name is Franks. I am a local, so I grew up in Marion in Upland. I did not go to Iowa or Taylor. I went to a small school called Life Pacific College. It's in San Dimas, California. And if you've ever heard of Amy Semple McPherson, it's the school that she started. So. Um, I currently work in Anderson. I am a loan underwriter, which means I look at loan applications. And we give, my company gives loans to small businesses in Indiana. So that's a little bit about myself. And my parents are not here, but they are Mick and Andrea Bates. So that gives some background, probably, of who I am, more than anything. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, they're spiritual giants. So. Uh, I wanted to start with some general thoughts of what God as a friend means to me. It's such a, a vast topic, but I nailed it down to some points. So the first thing is mutual pursuit. Um, if I, I don't know if anybody else has, but I've been in friendships that are one-sided, and they are so awkward. You like put in so much effort to be friends with somebody, and they totally don't reciprocate it, and you're like, well, okay, this isn't gonna work. And eventually you give up because you can only pursue somebody so much before you kind of just give up. And so it's so important that the Lord pursues us, but we also pursue him. And um, it's out of that we change how we live our life. Because if I'm pursuing God, then I actually have to do something. So I have to put time aside for God. I have to talk to him. If I don't talk to you, how am I going to know anything about you? I can't be friends with you if I don't talk to you. That would be so weird. And I have to engage with you in that way. And so um, let me find my notes. Um, you learn, <laughs> this is my favorite part about being friends with God, is you learn his humor, and you learn what his voice sounds like. And I think we all have a friendship with God that looks so different, and how he talks to you is totally different than how he talks to me. And um, so as I'm talking about um, friendship with God for me, please don't think that it has to look that way for you. Like, take what I say and apply it to yourself. 
Um, trust. Trust is so important in a friendship. If you don't trust God, you can't be his friend. If I don't trust somebody, I can't be their friend. And the only way that somebody gets close to me is if I trust them and I allow them to get close to me. So if you don't trust God, it's okay, because he's really patient, and he will prove himself faithful to you, and you can build trust over time. He has all of eternity to build trust with you. <laughs> Partnership. Partnership comes after we've built this foundation with God. Once we know him, he knows us, we trust him, he trusts us, we begin to partner with him, which means we do stuff together. And it means we, we talk about what we're doing, and I invite him into what I'm doing, and he invites me into what he's doing, and we do really cool stuff together. But it's not just the really cool stuff, because I think partnering with God can sound like, oh, I have to have this huge ministry to partner with God. But actually, partnering with God is like the most simple things that we invite him into. So... I'm gonna give some examples of my own life, how I partner with the Lord, and you may laugh at some of them, and it's okay because God likes it, so it's okay. <laughs> so the first thing, every day when I wake up, I partner with the Lord by helping him or letting him help me pick out my outfit for the day. If you're not a girl, this may not apply to you because you don't care about what you wear, but to me it's really important and I work in an office, so I kind of feel like I have to look nice every day. And fashion is something in general that I'm really passionate about. So it's like taking something I'm, I'm passionate about and letting the Lord partner with me. So I could just throw on something, pick out something, like, oh, yeah, sure, this looks good. But instead, I take this posture. I'm like, Lord, show me an outfit. What do you want me to wear today? And it's not this, like, dictator Emily, you must wear this outfit today or else. It's like, no, I just think you're like really creative and you're really cool. And if you like it, then I'll probably like it. So, I, you know, I will pick out a pair of pants and he's like, okay, put this shirt on. And sometimes I ignore him and I'll do what he doesn't say and I'll put it on. I'm like, oh, I hate this. <laughs> and then I waste time. I'm like, I should have just done what he said in the first place. And then I'll put on whatever he told me to wear. And I'm like, yep. This was it. Okay, Lord, let's go. And <laughs> it's kind of funny because even Dawn told me today that sometimes I'm a little flashy with what I wear. And it's like, it's okay because he likes it. So even if nobody else in this room likes my outfit, I don't really care because I partnered with him in picking it and I know he likes it. So it's like, all right, cool. I can walk in confidence because my affirmation is coming from my friend, not from anybody else. <laughs> so, the next thing is partnering with God in my finances. This is not something I've always done, and it's kind of awkward to talk about, but I sat down with the Lord, and I made a budget, and I said, okay, God, tell me what to do. How much do you want me to put towards this? And then he would give me a number. Okay, well, how much do you want me to put towards this? And he would give me a number. And we literally, like, went through all of these categories I made, and he told me what to do. And I was like, okay, cool. Something that was, like, really terrible and boring suddenly became really cool because I was listening to God and partnering with him in it. So I want to encourage all of us to find things in your life that seem really boring 
and super mundane, but it's something you do every day. So if you're a student, it might be doing your homework. It might be studying. It might be writing those really obnoxious reflection papers that are one page, and you're like, why do I have to do this? Think about these things that seem like they're maybe even useless, or just you have to do it because you have to do it. It's part of life. Think about these things, and think about how much different it could be if you chose to invite the Lord into it. And I think that that's one of the keys to living a joyful life. Because if I view driving to work as just something I have to do, then I kind of don't like doing it anymore. But if I see it as an opportunity to spend 45 minutes to worship and talk to my God, then it becomes really cool, and it's a really exciting thing, and it brings me joy. Same thing with washing the dishes. Like, th that, there's nothing fun about washing dishes. But while you're doing it, you're like, oh, Jesus, I love you. Like, let's just talk while I do this. This is so cool. Thank you for dishes that we have stuff to eat off of. <laughs> it's just like finding these seeds in your life. Find them. I encourage you. I don't, we're all so different. So picking your clothes out with God may not be something you even want to do. But find those seeds in your life. Something that I love to do <laughs> is to Marie Kondo my life. So if you don't know who Marie Kondo is, she is a Japanese public figure. She originated the Sparks Joy um, organizing method. So basically you put all your possessions in a pile and you like hold it up. And if it doesn't spark joy, you get rid of it. If it does spark joy, you keep it. I kind of realized this is what I do with my life and how I spend my time. But instead of asking me, I ask the Lord. So I'll take this activity. Lord, does this spark joy? No? Okay, I'll stop doing it. Lord, does this spark joy? Cool, I'll keep this in my life. And it's not even like with, you know, obviously if I'm sinning, I'm not going to do that. But if it's like something that's really neutral, asking the Lord, does it spark you joy? And if it doesn't, am I willing to lay it down? And I think being a friend of God means that I honor him and I value him so much that I'm willing to not be defined by the things that I want. So, as I'm talking, I really hope I don't sound like I'm saying to be in a religious spirit, because that's not what I'm trying to communicate by partnering with the Lord. Because it, it could easily seem like, well, Emily, you don't have any freedom if you live your life like that. But actually, I think that real freedom looks like partnering with the Lord so much that you're willing to lay down these things. Hello, Pen. And <laughs> it's, it's not about following rules anymore. It's about maintaining a, a friendship, a relationship. So like Olivia, if Olivia doesn't like to watch scary movies, I'm not gonna make her sit in her room and watch a scary movie with me because she's my friend and I honor her and I value her. So I'm not gonna do those things. And it's like, well, Emily, like, why are you even friends with her if she won't watch that with you? I'm like, well, that's, you're missing the point. It's about honoring that person. And I think with the Lord as our friend, it's the same thing. Do we honor him and do we value him enough as a friend that will change how we live? So, 
partnering with the Lord as a friend in ministry changed how I did ministry. <laughs> and when I first became a Christian, I really didn't get this. So ministry was incredibly scary to me because in my mind, it was interacting with a bunch of people that were looking at me and feeling like I had to perform, feeling like I had to have really cool things to say, like really new, awesome things to say that would like knock their socks off or like just seem really spiritual. And it was all about me and what I could do and what I could bring to somebody. But when I, I realized that actually partnering with the Lord means he's already showing up and he's already doing stuff and he trusts me as his friend to reveal these things to me and say, hey, will you like do this with me? Because it'd be really cool if we did it together. And I'm like, yeah, because you're already doing the hard stuff. I just kind of like get to like ride on your coattail. But then I think there are also times where the Lord says, your heart is my heart and I trust you. So whatever you want to do, let's do it. So sometimes he does like give you the steering wheel and that's, those are scary moments in ministry. But I, when I realized that it, it, he's already doing it, he, it just took all the pressure off of me. And so especially with the gift of prophecy, I really used to think I had to have like spot on exact words. It had to like make them cry and they had to understand every single word of it. It had to make complete sense. And I was like, no. Even if they hate what I said, it's okay because God was already like telling me to say that. So it's not about me. Even like being asked to come up here and talk, I was like, no, Lord. And he's like, well, this is actually an opportunity to uh, partner with me and come up here and know that I'm up here with you while you're talking. And even if people don't like what you say, it's okay because I told you to say it. So I think <sighs> struggling with a man-pleasing spirit goes away when we really allow the Lord to be our friend because our affirmation comes from him and our friendship with him. <laughs> Only good things come from letting the Lord be your friend. Like, he brings you joy, he brings you comfort, he gives you advice. He, like literally, we have access to the God of the universe and he knows everything. So like, if you're confused, ask him. If you need help with something, ask him. If you don't know what to wear, ask him. Like literally he's there and he's there in a moment. And I think being friends with God is the ultimate cure for loneliness because we have constant access. He's never too busy for us. He never says, oh, I'm too caught up in my own stuff. I don't have time for you. You're too needy. I can't be friends with you right now. Like he's literally the best friend that we can ever have. And so if we're ever experiencing loneliness, I would encourage us to examine ourselves because maybe we've cut off connection with him because he's always connecting with us. So why am I feeling lonely? I think that's all I wanted to say. Hopefully I talked long enough. <laughs> Thanks guys. Thanks for listening.
Thank you, Emily. I think you rocked our socks off, so <laughs> that's awesome. Well, if you have any more socks left to be rocked off, Henrik, I think we'll take care of it. <laughs> Come on up, man. That was amazing. Thanks. Man, I felt like when you shared what you did about, about a spirit of pleasing man and how God's presence changes that, like I felt something break off me. I don't know if anyone else felt that. It was pretty, it was pretty amazing. God's so good. <laughs> wow. This, just this afternoon, I was with um, Lois, my wife, oh, can you guys hear? Okay, my wife Dottie is back there, she's amazing. Um, and our daughter Lois is also amazing. And uh, we were up in the, um, <laughs> you know, we, were up, we were upstairs, and, um, and just, she was playing with Duplo. And, and she went over to the bookshelf and she pulled one piece of paper out from like this whole stack of books and papers and like, I'm sort of a pack rat and Dottie is a Marie Kondo <laughs> wizard. <laughs> She's very patient with me. Um, so I have all this stuff in the office. So Lois pulled off this sheet of paper and like she threw it on the floor, like right next to me. It was totally mind blowing because I looked down and there were like three things written on the paper and one of them, the first one I went to, said communication with the Lord is about connection and not gathering information. I was like, whoa. <laughs> it, was, it was from these notes from seven years ago that I have not looked at in seven years, but this guy Steve Deneff shared this at College Wesleyan Church seven years ago before we were even married. And it just, it just blew my mind to think that God's presence is enough. Like, that's it. Like, he, he when he's around us, what he kept bringing to mind was, was that his presence and friendship with him, when he's present around us, it's like, it's like a fragrance. And, and this, there's this, uh, there's this really beautiful um, scripture. It's in 2 Corinthians that talks about the fragrance of knowledge of him. And as I was meditating on that, I felt like he, he highlighted that there are like different kinds of knowledge. Like there's knowledge that's, gathering information, and that can be so beautiful. Like, he gives us revelation when we're seeking in faith, not in doubt. That's amazing. Or he gives us a word of knowledge. Like, wow, that, that's like radical information from heaven. But also, like, in, in English, knowledge or knowing is, is like to know someone. Like, like, oh, I know my friend Matt. Or, like, we can know God who, who spoke and everything existed, which is a totally different kind of knowing altogether. I was also thinking about Anne Lamott um, and this, this quote that, that has sort of been, I've seen it a lot of places, and I, I mentioned it today, and Dottie found the place in the book where it was written within like four minutes, which is great. So it's Anne Lamott quote, quoting Father Tom. She writes, the opposite of faith isn't doubt, but the opposite of faith is certainty. And I think that's like the information gathering that makes us feel secure. But the amazing thing about our Father's presence around us is it's like this cloud that, that we, can, we can breathe in and it has a fragrance. And then we can get lost in it. And we don't have to know the answers to everything. And then when we let go of needing to know everything, then he pours revelation into us because it's out of this like co-curiosity. Like God made like everything. He made feathers and then he made like all the people around us. And he's just as curious as we are about how to minister to them best or what's gonna, what's gonna move them. 
So I think he wants to partner with us in this sort of cloud of his fragrance that leads us that way. I was thinking about this, this is in John 10, that it says, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And I feel like that is so rich in combination with that image from Corinthians and also so much in the Old Testament about God's presence as a cloud or as a fragrance, that it's not just what we absolutely need. Like his presence is never a bare bones thing. Like I'm just gonna sort of keep you just so you're making it. But when his presence is around us, sort of in defiance of what can be happening circumstantially around us, we can be full of life that's abundant. And that's like a fragrance. Like, who needs smells, right? Like, they're not, that's not like, well, I have two feet, like, that's super important to like walking. But, but smell isn't important, but God's presence is like this fragrance. So it's over the top. It's just abundant that way. I think that is one of my favorite things about relationship with him. And that relationship is like all about response. That it's knowing, it's like knowing a person. That's so different from knowing facts and it's so different from like the legal language of transaction. I get into that a lot. Like a, a, a silly example is, is if I'm in the studio and I'm making a painting and I really want, like I have one in my studio now, it's a really terrible painting, it's huge, which is, makes it really embarrassing. <laughs> um, especially when it's things that we have like worked hard at and he wants to partner with us, that it's so easy for us to start leaning on our own work and not to lean into the looseness and openness of his presence that just lets us flow and just be, because he's around us like a cloud and we can lose our way and just be, like we're just we can just go. But this painting, I was trying to I was trying to like render what this sounds so dumb. Sorry, this, I was trying to render what God's presence was like, and it's so it's so like uptight because I was seeking this like knowledge, this understanding of what that was, and then trying to get it onto this surface with color, and it just didn't work at all. And I was struck by last week this like one hour time span that that just opened up in the middle of the day to to paint this huge gift. And in an hour, compared to like 40 on the other painting, his presence just entered the studio. And it was like I was able to let go of, of the reality that I try to hold on to, of I, I want to understand everything and just lean into, Lord, what are you, what are you up to? Because relationship with him is so much about just partnering with what he's already doing. And then all of a sudden, it's like this thing just occurs that Wow, that was like in partnership with the Holy Spirit. How totally cool that we get to, to work that way. I feel like there are almost like two different realities that we can respond to, especially when we're facing trials. Like in James 1, there's that famous phrase, when you face trials of many kinds. And as I was meditating on that and God's presence, I was thinking, like, what it doesn't say is when you succumb to various trials or when you're, like, when, when various trials sort of break you down. Because it's assuming that we're facing trials with the Lord's presence in mind. And I was really reminded of this earlier in the fall when I wound up for a short time um, in the hospital. So in the natural, I'm totally stressed out, like, 
oh my gosh, Dottie is like taking care of Lois on her own for days while I'm just like sitting in this bed, you know, doing nothing. And like, this is, this is so like, like in every way, like this dark moment. Um, and it reminded me when I felt the Lord's presence in the room and actually felt him while I was sitting there in the bed, he was giving me words for other people. So I started like texting like everyone. <laughs> he just pours out in moments like that. I think, I think there, are, there are facets of his presence that we only discover in the middle of a trial, like when we're facing trials of many kinds, not succumbing to them, but being in the midst of them, experiencing them. And it was the same when, when my dad passed away. It was like the, this, this terrible time, but also there's this measure of, of joy that I, I'd never felt before. And I felt some of that in the hospital. Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm just overcome by it. Like I was like, I was, I was joyful in a way that I had not been joyful when circumstances were perfect. And as I was, I, was, I was reflecting on that today, I remembered this other time, this is years ago, when I was, I was, living, I was living back in, in New York before I moved out here, and, and I was riding my bike to a job at a gallery, and I was riding my bike from home along a river, and home was this house I was living in with a bunch of other guys who were artists and musicians. And, and I was riding my bike, and, and I, I was, I was behind on work and I was grumbling. Like I was so frustrated and like honestly just really like you know when you get irrationally that way. And the Lord, the Lord like tapped me on the shoulder and he and because I was not, I was not hosting his presence at this moment. <laughs> and he like tapped me on the shoulder. And um and he he said, Hey, if you had one year ago listed all the things that would be part of like like your best life, what would these be? And so I started rattling it off like, oh, I'd be living by a body of water, I'd be living in a house and community with other artists, I'd be working in the art field. And he was like, well, you have literally everything on that list and you're miserable. <laughs> what is that? And, and the difference was that it was not empowered by the presence of God, like this cloud inside of which I can lose my way and just be in the midst of this fragrance. And it's so different from like being in, in the hospital and like things are not good. And I'm just joyful. And like the Lord is pouring out these words for people. And wow. And I can see what he's doing in the room and like feel his presence just flowing through me in a way that it just defies all the circumstances that everything is connected and lit up by his presence. Like this, this, this is just a phrase from Ephesians 1, verse 10. It, it's this phrase this, about the summing up of all things in Christ. I feel like that's sort of like this cloud of fragrance that is his presence. And I felt like, um, actually, uh, tonight, one thing that the Lord wanted to do, and I guess we'll transition to ministry, if you guys want to jump in. Um, but I feel like one thing he wanted to do was to, was to surround us. And for some of us, and this sounds a little like, like woo-woo, but, but for some of us, even literally give us in our in our perception, a smell, like a fragrance that is associated from tonight on with his presence. And that that is this like comfort, because no one can like take a smell away from you and you also can't describe it, right? Like in, if you're in the wood shop, you can describe like the dimensions of a box pretty accurately, but it's hard to describe a fragrance. Like what is it? Well, it's sort of like an orange, like it's sort of like, the, but we can't like put numbers to it. So can we pray? Is that all right? I just want to invite the Lord. Wow, Jesus, we just, 
we just invite your presence to be like a fog, like a cloud, where we can lose our way. We can just be immersed in a fragrance. We just posture ourselves to be still and full of quiet joy for a moment in front of you. Lord, I feel like you're, you're remind, wanting to remind us that we don't need to do anything in your presence. We don't need to have ideas. You'll light stuff up in our imagination. We don't need to prove anything to you. Jesus, we just thank you for that freedom. Jesus, we just invite you to let us get lost in our thoughts. As it's really quiet in the next few seconds, just let us get lost in our thoughts that start reflecting your thoughts. Jesus, we just thank you for what you're showing us. Thank you that you're, for some of us here, we're, you're, starting to, you're starting to show us a new dimension of your presence. If you're not experiencing that, don't stress at all. <laughs> That's one of the most amazing things about who God is. I just want to read this from Jeremiah. Your words were found, and I ate them. And your word, God, was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Jesus, I just released a blessing over our time in your word this week, that we would just, we would just experience your word like a, like a cloud just gathering off the page and surrounding us. that our own, our own ideas would just get beautifully caught up in yours. I just thank you for your goodness. Amen. Can we pray for a few more minutes? Sorry, Nicholas just reminded me of something amazing that the Lord's doing. <laughs> wow, I feel like the Lord is wanting to break off um, 
disappointment and also perfectionism in the next few minutes. So if you're, if you're, um, if you're in the midst of either of those things, I know I would stand up for perfectionism in a second. That's crippling. And it, it severs us from the kind of freedom that the Lord gives us. So if you're, if you're struggling in this moment with either perfectionism or with, with a fear of disappointment, if, would you mind standing? Is that okay? I'm already standing up for being a perfectionist. <laughs> wow, so if you're around someone who's standing, just put a hand on their shoulder. And if you need to move, that's all right. If you need to move a few feet. So we're just coming out of the quietness of the Lord's presence now into a time of, of, of action. Um, we need to do nothing in God's presence, but we may do all things, because God has already done all things. So he's already fought these battles. Um, so if we could all just pray out loud, that would be really great, just all at the same time. You don't have to be super loud, but just, just quietly for the people around you. Just break off perfectionism and the fear of disappointment, and we're just going to release faith into the room. Ready? Okay. Wow. I feel like the Lord is releasing fresh passion. I also just saw, like, it's like manna that is his presence, his goodness that's just falling. I feel like he wanted to remind us, too, that manna is something, sorry to interrupt, <laughs> manna is something that, that the Israelites couldn't keep, they couldn't hold on to, but it came fresh every day, and they had to trust the Lord. Um, so I just feel like all that was just released is something that, that we don't have to hold on to, we don't have to, like, store it in our pocket or, like, memorize it. But we just get to step into tomorrow morning and know that, oh, the Lord's presence is equipped with all of these things. So immediately he just enters the room into that. So let's just pray into that for a second. One other response I felt like uh, the Lord would have for us uh, came from Emily's talk um, when she talked about how honoring and desiring friendship with God leads to and requires changes in lifestyle um, in the sense that if, if we're all Olivia's friend, then we're not... We're not watching horror movies with her, you know, even if that's like our thing. <laughs> um, and I've, I felt like there was some things that the Lord was bringing up tonight that, that are require, require a change on our part um, that, that is, is like basically taking another step up and step forward in, in our honor for the presence and friendship with God. Like if we really hunger for Him and honor Him, then I feel like there are some things that the Lord is saying, look, if you want this, then I want you to take a look at this part of your life right here. Um, so let's give him a minute to speak about that and respond. If it requires repentance, which it probably does, then let's, let's walk through that, hit it wholeheartedly, and then we'll receive grace. We'll receive power to walk um, in, in that, that newness that God brings from that.
So Jesus, would you uh, speak to us right now? Lord, what, what in our lives requires um, a change, breaking or, or stepping into something new in order to honor friendship with you and honor your presence in a greater way? Would you speak right now, Lord? So we'll just, we'll just give them 30 seconds and, um, and then just start responding on your own. So, Lord, we, um, we surrender freshly to you, God. Every part of our life, um, every, every part of our, our day, our time, our relationships, our emotional state, Lord, we just surrender it all to you um, because friendship with you and intimacy with you is, is our highest desire and goal and, and everything. We want everything in our life to line up with, with that, with more of you, Jesus. Thank you for that privilege and that honor. And uh, we give ourselves to you to, to see that, God. Thank you. Amen.